Hi, I'm Justine Elliott, creator and host of What The Am I Doing and Other Questions, a podcast for therapists. Join me and special guests as we chat about the ins and outs of therapy practice. Remember to follow us on Instagram at What The Am I Doing Podcast and subscribe to get notified of all of our future episodes. Well, welcome everyone to our third episode of What The Am I Doing and Other Questions. I'm your host, Justine Elliott. Today, I am so excited to have someone come on my podcast that is a dear friend of mine and someone I absolutely love working with and and for, Um, and that is Ashley Melke. So Ashley is a registered psychologist. She is the owner and CEO of the Grief and Trauma Healing Center, and she's a business consultant with Practice of Practice. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Justine. I'm so excited to have you on. I know. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear your knowledge and just, you know, pick your brain. Um, We're going to have you on for a couple episodes and today is all about private practice. And I know that's, you know, an area that, uh, you know, you know a lot about, so I'm really excited for you to, you to be here. Yay. Me too. Yes. Yeah. So tell us Ashley, like what got you into psychology in general? Like what brought you into the field? You know, why did you become a psychologist? So that is such a great question and such a big question for me. Um, I knew from about 11 years old that I wanted to be a psychologist. And the only reason I know that is my mom actually wrote it down. And then later, years later, found this note that I had told her at 11, this is what I wanted to do. So when I think back, like what would have inspired me to want to do this work? I think it was a lot of my childhood experiences. Mm. My parents divorced when I was very young and my dad struggled with addiction. And I think there was a part of me that really wanted to understand, you know, the dynamics of my family, the relationship I had with my dad and probably wanting help for myself, even Mm -hmm. at a young age. Mm -hmm. So it was a path I committed to. And I just like, even in high school, I was just very clear. This is what I was setting out to do. Yeah. Wow. So from really little, Hey, you just, you knew, or you had written it down or your mom had written it down and and that was it. Hey, yes. Like, I think I, I definitely identify as an empath, mm. someone who really loves being of service to other people. And I love intimate conversations and I love helping and supporting. And I think that's, so it's probably a combination of those experiences, but also just who I am. So I'm really grateful that it ended up being a really great fit. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great to find a job that fits your personality, who you are, you know, and, and that you're passionate about. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously you're the owner, you've ran a very successful group private practice and, and you're actually doing consulting now for people who are interested in private practice and, and, you know, starting one and growing one. So what brought you into private practice? Cause there's so many ways or places psychologists can work. So what, what, what made you go into the private practice world? So I did my clinical internship 
as a graduate student in a private practice. So I learned firsthand what that looked like and also what the benefits and perks are of working in a private practice. So when I graduated with my master's degree and went on to become a psychologist, that was also the only experience I had really in the field as, as a therapist. And then um, I don't know if, I, if we're ready to jump into this part of my story, but really this is what sort of propelled me to start the Grief and Trauma Healing Center is I had organically been working with grieving clients mm. and that work really inspired me and sort of um, put a spark in my heart that this was work that I was called to do mm. um, right when I, uh, well, when I was in graduate school, my dad died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And so I, I mean, that's a whole other story, but, um, after graduating and going through the process of becoming a psychologist, I realized that that was the work that I wanted to do. So I ended up going through a certification training called the grief recovery method, which many people are familiar with. And after completing that program in 2013, that is when I knew that mm -hmm. I had to bring this program to the community and, and create a safe space for grieving people to do that healing work. And that is how the Grief and Trauma Healing Center was born. Right. And so I guess that's uh, the short of the long of my journey <laughs> of actually starting a private practice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost again, that, that lived experience, like, you know, maybe what propelled you into the field of psychology was your own experiences. And then again, getting propelled into private practice work and, you know, doing a training and a certification that, you know, really inspired you to, yeah, want to bring it to the community and, and bring it to other people. Right. Yes. And the, the beautiful thing about private practice, whether you're a solo practitioner or you want to grow a group practice is you can choose if you want to specialize in an area of the field, or maybe you want to have a general practice, but that's one of the benefits of, of, um, starting a private practice. Yeah. 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 You get, you get a lot more autonomy, I think, right. Uh, in the, in private practice and yeah, you can turn it into what you want, right. And, and who you want to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can, really align it with your areas of passion. You mm. can align it with your schedule and your lifestyle mm. and you're, you're your own boss. So you get to decide, you know, what that looks like, how big you want to get, how small you want to stay. All of that really is within your control, which I think is, is such a benefit for psychologists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, I think different field. Cause for me personally, I've, I've been in agency work or non for profit work and coming into private practice is, is so different. Um, and, and such, you know, you're so much more independent and autonomous and that's wonderful. But I think so many people find getting into private practice is, is terrifying. Like I, I, when you talk to other psychologists or therapists, it's like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. Or, you know, they feel like they need a lot of like prep to do that or planning to, to get into it. Um, and it's so intimidating. Like, I feel like people are, are scared to get into, into the private practice world. Well, the one area in our graduate training where there is lacking of mm -hmm. tools is learning how to start and run a business, right? Yeah. We are not 
business people. That is not what we went to school for. So that piece alone is very intimidating. Where do I even start? Yeah. How do I even, what does that mean to start a business and what are all the steps that I need to take to establish myself? And I think that alone can feel really overwhelming for someone who wants to start a business and just the fear of the unknown, yeah. right? There's no guarantee. There isn't that feeling of security and stability that maybe an agency position would offer, mm. which can be a huge deterrent, which it is. And, and we even hear this, Justine, regularly that you know, even someone we say, here's something that is nearly guaranteed coming in, even working for our center, but there's still that factor of, but I, but there isn't that guarantee. So I'm not sure I can take that leap. Yeah. 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 There's almost a level of, of risk or, or it feels that way. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a good point. I, I think it's too bad that grad school does not include you know, even like an elective course, right? Like, cause there's, there's some therapists who might say, I never want to do private practice and never want to do a business, but even an option to learn, you know, cause I think, and, and me and you have conversations all the time. Like there are specific things about private practice that are different from even other businesses and, you know, blending, you know, ethical stuff with, you know, business practices can be difficult and, and confusing. Um, oh, Absolutely. Like what, what has been so key, at least with the growth of the business is having mentorship, Mm -hmm. having both like having a business consultant and strategist to support, but also working with you, right, Justine, and and having like that, um, that ethical, that -hmm. professional lens as well to make sure that as we grow, we're still maintaining the highest level of ethics and professionalism that we can. Cause it is, it's definitely a balance. It's a very different industry mm. than a, than like a traditional business. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a bit more complex and, and yeah, yeah. It's too bad. Grad schools don't do that. Or I mean, even like programs, like there wasn't, there isn't really any programs out there. Right. Um, for people. No, you're basically, you, you throw yourself in and you kind mm. of are figuring it out as you go. Right. And that, um, you know, talking about your podcast, the title of your podcast, (laughs) um, it's, you know, this idea, you know, people often say like, gosh, you must've just known all of these things, or, you know, did you have all your ducks in a row? And the truth is you just, you launch before you're ready. Mm. And one of my favorite Brene Brown quotes that I share with my consulting clients who are also very terrified taking steps in their business is you have to build the plane while you're flying it. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you have to just figure it out as you go and take the steps and be willing to step into the the discomfort and the uncertainty to experience that growth. And that's literally what I've done since day one. (laughs) (laughs) You're playing (laughs) and continue, continue to grow the business in the very same fashion. Yeah. 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 I think that is, you know, the, the hard part is that it's not, like you said, a guarantee you're taking a bit of a risk. You're having to literally work on the fly. Right. Um, you know, and often having to adjust very quickly, which can be, I guess the part that's rewarding for the job, right. That's, that can be exciting, but it also can be very intimidating coming into it, um, and thinking about it. Exactly. There's a level of discomfort that Mm -hmm. you have to become comfortable with. Mm. that 
lacking of that uncertainty, um, not knowing month to month how the market's going to change, having to keep up with the changes in the market around just marketing and branding your business and your, what your clients are, are seeking and mm-hmm. trainings, like all of that is, there's always this sort of like this movement and evolution mm-hmm. and, and you have to be comfortable, comfortable with that or else you'll become stagnant. Right. And die. Right. I, it's like this, <laughs> there, I, that's the feeling is like, if I don't continue, the business will just become stagnant and die. Right. That's, yeah. That can be overwhelming. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, and, and I don't, I'm sure there's multiple models of this or examples of this. And it's almost that, you know, I've seen, you know, models of that where it's like the comfort zone is like the circle and then right outside of it is like where you're going to learn and you're going to grow. But if you go too far, you're not, it's not going to be good. Like it's overwhelming. And, you know, I almost think that private practice is, is trying to figure out like, where is that comfort just outside your comfort zone. So you're learning and growing, but you're not drowning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Learning how to really tune into the growth that needs to take place and sort of like that, those, that risk you need to step into and then when to sort of slow down and like Mm. pump the brakes. It's, it's a, it's definitely a dance for sure. And I think you sort of get used to what that feeling is Mm -hmm. every time you kind of scale up and take that next step. So even now opening our second location, Mm -hmm. it's a very same feeling of growth that I had, you know, when I signed my very first lease and when I moved into a bigger office, it's sort of that same feeling. It's just a a much bigger level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I could see as you grow, it's larger and larger, this big step right towards something else and, and, and growing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we talked, we kind of got into like how terrifying this is, right. But, you know, obviously I work in private practice, you own a private practice, right. You know, there's a reason why we, we have done this, you know, (laughs) there's obviously something good about it. So why do you think therapists should consider private practice work? I think a huge benefit we have in our industry is the flexibility and autonomy over our schedule. Mm -hmm. You get to decide what your hours are going to be. Now it depends, like depending on where you work, Mm -hmm. some private practices have a lot more autonomy. That is something we really value at the grief and trauma healing center is we want you to create a schedule that fits well with your lifestyle and Mm -hmm. what works for you. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge benefit. Number two, you make a lot more per hour and you work less. So you're going to get more bang for your buck um, in terms of the services that you provide. And if you work in a a private practice with, where that's sort of that turnkey experience, Mm. um, let's say if you're a therapist who's looking to join a private practice, that's an awesome opportunity because then you kind of show up, you do what you're best at doing. Right. setting with your clients and then you get up and leave. Yeah. And like, that's just amazing. Um, and if you are wanting to start a private practice, as I mentioned earlier, you can be a general practitioner. You can mm. specialize mm-hmm. in an area of the field you're really passionate about. I think that's amazing. So maybe you're really passionate about supporting people through trauma or eating disorders mm. or, or anxiety. Like you get to choose the clients that you want to work with. Right. 
which I think is amazing. I think those are, those are like the really the, the biggest benefits I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's, you know, important for people who are considering private practice to, to know and to realize that it's not just, you have to suddenly start a business, right? I, I think that almost is the feel of it. It's like, okay, I've got to start my own business and then, you know, quit my full-time job and just like suddenly not see clients and be like poor for, you know, several months or a year as I grow this, which is not usually how people do this. You know, I think so often people will gradually switch, right? They might stay at their full-time job and slowly drift into as they get more clients. Or like you said, I mean, join a private practice, right? You know, that's what I've done with, with you. And, and that has been incredible, right? Just to get comfortable with the private practice world and the feel of it without having the extra stress of, of the business stuff on top of it. Oh, absolutely. If you, you know, the one thing that there's this myth Mm. in private practice that the, the business owner or the practice owner is somehow like rolling in cash and Mm. they've, you know, they've got it all figured out. And like, the reality is at the end of the day for the, for the sweat equity that a group practice owner puts in, it takes years to get to a place where you start to see that return on investment and you can start to create more flexibility. You actually make more money as a therapist joining a private practice right? uh, than to go and start your own, unless that is what you're called to do. But like, I think, you know, something I've also learned working with consulting clients now Mm -hmm. and seeing them at the early stages of their business, because I almost forget it's been almost 10 years since we started, right? There's this, it's, it's very overwhelming being the server, the cook, the dishwasher, the wait, the waiter, um, right. The hostess, right. Like you're kind of doing all of the jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can work for a private practice that supports you and it aligns with your values and your areas of passion, freaking go for it. Yeah. Do that. And then if you're like, no, I need to start my own thing. Then, then start your own thing. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's, you know, the funny thing I often hear is that, yeah, you know, I don't know how to run a business or, you know, I'm scared to do that or, you know, and, and I just think there's so many ways you can get into private practice that isn't necessarily being the owner or even like you do that maybe for you a few years and you're like, now I want to be an owner, right. I've learned some things I'm going to move on. Um, but yeah, there's kind of a weird assumption that private practice is like, you're isolated, you're by yourself and, and, and that's it. Um, when really, I don't think it has to be that way. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like joining a group practice really helps to eliminate that feeling of isolation Mm -hmm. that a lot of solo practitioners will feel when they start a private practice. I know I certainly felt that way. So being a part of uh, consultation groups was something I was really intentional about like, okay, I've got to stay connected to the community and other therapists. I also shared an office space with three other psychologists when I first started. Okay. So it was like, I was already sort of welcome into this community, even though we were all independent, right. I guess, um, practice owners, right. Uh, We would meet every couple of weeks for our little Mm -hmm. consultation meetings. And I just knew they were available if I needed anything. So that was really important in the beginning when I started out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool idea to do, right? Like if you, let's say you really wanted to be an owner is maybe get into a space where you're renting an office or you're around other practitioners to just 
have that support, especially initially. I think there's a lot to learn or, or a lot of things that maybe are unique to private practice that could come up that, um, you know, you need that support, right? You need other therapists around you to, to help you get through it. Oh, absolutely. Like we know consultation and connection is so key for our success as psychologists and, um, and also just to, you know, practice ethically and make sure that everything we're doing is really in alignment with our, with our ethics and our standards of practice. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we know a bit around, you know, obviously like what got you started, you know, we've heard kind of key pieces around like what you did and, and, and how you started to, to build it. Right. But can you walk us through like really how you, you kind of from ground up. So I'm talking like, you know, even basic stuff, like, did you register as a business? Did you, you know, do those things right away? Um, you know, how did that look in the very like first few months or years of, of you starting your own or, or getting into private practice? So I started out by building a website, okay. sort of getting that ready to go before I launched. And when I started, I used a site called therapy sites and it's a pre-built website program for therapists and they have built-in SEO. They've got like this help you get organically listed on Google. Um, you get a free psychology today profile for the first six months. So there's a lot of benefits when you're starting and you don't have a lot of cash to invest. So I think I spent like $60 a month for this Mm -hmm. website. So Mm -hmm. I built my own website. I had a friend who was like a photographer who had done some photos of me in the past. I said, Hey, can you make me a logo? So she did me a logo for like 20 bucks. And so she created this logo. So I just kind of used the resources that I had access to. Mm. Um, The next thing I did is I didn't get incorporated right away. My accountant had given me the advice that really the incorporation is really helpful. Once you, once your company starts to make a certain amount of money. Okay. So I just went to the business registries, registered as a, as a a sole proprietor with my business name that costs like, again, like $68 or something, Mm -hmm. um, set up my calendar system with simple practice at the time, got a payment system using the square app and found an office space. So I think I probably went on PAA, Mm -hmm. the psychologist association of Alberta website, Mm -hmm. found some office space. The great thing about that was it was a good location. It was downtown. I had a full-time access minus one day a week. And it was, I think my lease was like 630 bucks a month Mm. for a year. Yeah. Now at the time, Justine, that was the most terrifying (laughs) piece of paper for me to sign was this lease for $630 or 680 a month. Right. And I was like, okay. And I remember my partner who I was with at the time, he said, okay, like, you know, if your business doesn't take off and you don't see any clients, like, you know, you have to pay this every month. Right. And yeah. I was just, that's the risk that you talked about, right? Like that was that risk from like, okay, I have to step into this right. if I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I signed that lease and had my psychology today profile up let everyone in my social network know, started a Mm -hmm. Facebook page at the time and kind of went from there, set up a phone number. So that's the other thing. Got a phone, uh, set up a phone number and, uh, went from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
but like, you know, I think that's a great overview of what needs to happen. Like initially, like I think of like website phone number, you know, you need to figure out like file management and like, you know, office space, right. You know, those are key pieces to actually being able to like successfully even launch, um, you know, and accept people in. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was a slow start. I would say I got maybe a couple of phone calls a week. Now times have changed where we have like social media is an awesome platform for marketing and that kind of thing. Um, And I didn't have any money at that time to invest in like Google ads. I didn't know anything about marketing. I knew Mm -hmm. nothing. So it was a, it was a bit of a slow build, but eventually it's about maybe six weeks into the practice. I had maybe five sessions a week. three to five sessions a week, which felt like a really great start. And then I started to, the momentum started to build around um, personal referrals. Mm. And I had introduced the grief recovery method, which really wasn't a thing in Edmonton at that time. Um, So people started to kind of catch wind about this specialization Mm. in grief. And then it just, as, as I started, the business started to make more money, I then started to look into advertising. So about a couple of years into the business, then I purchased my own website. Nice. So that was like five or $7,000. Right. Yeah. And then I paid into search engine optimization for the website and Google ads. So I did a really strong Google ad campaign. So right. altogether that cost $17,000. And I, I remember being like, okay, <laughs> To put it on like multiple credit cards. I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. Here's my six credit cards to pay for this. So <laughs> I just remember being like, it was $17,000 wow. to pay for that. And honestly, that really became the foundation that launched us to that next level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Having that, that own website and, and investing in some really heavy, heavy marketing and, and advertisement. Hey, yeah, exactly. And then still doing all the admin work. Mm. Like I said, all the calls, all the emails, all the billing scheduling, even when we were a team of, we had three therapists, my, including myself. Yeah. And I was doing all of that. Plus sitting with clients, like 20 plus hours a week. Like it was insanity. Right. Yeah. And then that's when I reached a point where I'm like, I can no longer do all of this. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we hired our first full-time admin employee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so cool to reach, you know, when I think when you started, it was around like, or under a thousand dollars to launch, right? Like you're, yeah, you're in. And, and I think that's the nice thing with private practice is that you know, the private practice rates are often, you know, you get a good kick from seeing a client, right. Um, you know, that, that can even kind of cover the month's rent, right. You can, you know, see a couple of people in that that's kind of covering it. Um, but yeah, to slowly build and then reach a point where, yeah, you're investing in some heavy marketing. And, and, and I think that's, you know, I know we've had conversations, you know, uh, you know, outside of this of just, you know, the need to invest in, in your business to make it grow. And, and sometimes that means like sweat equity, or sometimes that is like a financial risk to, you know, make that business take its next step or, or, or grow. Um, and I'm curious, like, when did you know to do those steps? Like, was there just a feeling or like, or did you get some mentorship? Like when were, you know, how did you know when to grow? How did you know when to kind of take those steps, you know, to invest more into the business itself? 
So a lot of the steps have been very intuitive. Like you said, like it's just a sense of like, we're ready, but also seeing that we, we've almost reached capacity. So, okay, all of our therapists are full. We've got a waiting list. We, we're gonna have to start turning clients away. Mm. And there's that feeling of like something, we either need to like stop our marketing and slow down or we need to keep going. Right. And um, that's sort of been when I've known like, okay, it's time to move into a bigger office space because our team needs to grow. Mm. Or we need to hire X number of therapists now. And, and then kind of seeing how that, settles over the next, you know, three, six, nine months. Mm. And then be like, okay, let's reassess. How are we doing? So Mm. constantly reassessing Mm. has Mm. been really important. Yeah. And, um, and then seeing what the needs of the market are, like, you know, what are our intakes at and how are our therapists doing? And, you know, when we see that 95% of our therapists are not taking new clients because they're Mm. full, but right. we've have a hundred intakes coming in. Well, who's going to see those clients? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Helpful to know, like, especially even I know on our platform we use, which is Jane for, for file management. I mean, it does a lot of like analytics. It gives us a lot of numbers that can really support growth or, or, or deciding factors, you know, in maybe bring a new therapist into your private practice, or even personally, maybe you're like, okay, I need to expand my hours or, whatever that looks like, but, you know, it's almost good to know some numbers or receive some support and understanding. Yeah. You know, just where is your business going? Exactly. And looking at if I'm going to invest in say hiring another employee on the admin side or the operation side, right. What, okay. What is that expense going to look like? Mm -hmm. And do we have capacity to, to pay for that? Right do we have the room to be able to invest in that? And there's always that, that, you know, when you make that initial investment in your growth, you're, you're going to see that you're going to be spending more than you're making, but that's, that's just how it goes. Right. Yeah. So some, some practice owners are very comfortable staying small, which is great. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's a group practice of four or five therapists and that's a really comfortable place Mm -hmm. and you can do that really successfully and have really great balance and then there's some people like you know myself that is like you know I really want to create a significant impact right I want to create a legacy I want this to be a brand that is known in the community not not Mm -hmm. because of me Mm -hmm. but because of the center itself and what we do as a team Right. So it almost becomes bigger than you. Yeah. And you know, that's where I'm being called to. I often wonder why, Yeah. why do I do this to myself? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, I think you know, every business owner can, can, can relate to this feeling that there's this purpose that drives you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're not going to be satisfied unless you see that purpose through. Right. And I think that's just, that's really what continues to drive me, especially through the really difficult seasons mm. of business is like, we're here to serve and we want to equip people with the tools to heal from loss. That's why we're doing all of this. Yeah. 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 There's that underlying purpose and drive that's propelling, you know, that movement and growth and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I want to kind of finish us off with, um, 
just a, like a practical tips. And, and I guess there could be like two groups of, of people listening or two groups of people who are interested in private practice. So maybe let's start with the people who are thinking about starting a private practice and maybe not a group one, but just on their own, you know, getting into private practice, what would be some practical tips or, or advice you would give to them? I would encourage them to really reflect on why they want to start a private practice. Mm-hmm. What is the intention? Mm-hmm. Is it solely about profits? Mm-hmm. Because if it is, you know, I would just caution that it's, there's so much more involved in running a business than just making money. Right. And I think they're like really getting clear on your vision and your purpose for starting that private practice mm. is going to be really important. So that's the bigger why. Right. Okay. So I'm being called to serve in this really unique way. Mm. That's going to be the thing that inspires you and propels you through all the good times and through all the hard times. Right. So get really clear on your vision and what is your unique selling proposition? Mm. What is it about you and what you're going to offer that is special and unique in the market? Because it is saturated. There's a lot of private practices out there. What mm. is it about what you're going to do mm. that is different? Yeah. Yeah. And stay true to your purpose. Stay true to yourself. Mm. You're going to be called in many different directions. You're going to be, there's going to be a lot of noise mm. and there's going to be things that it's kind of like that low hanging fruit. Mm. Just be mindful of that. And so always, always stay true to yourself and you will never go wrong when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how important to know that I think before you take that step, you know, because I think that might help with that discomfort is if you know, you have a vision and a purpose and, and this is like your niche area you're getting into that can propel you when you might have those feelings of like self-doubt or you're intimidated by something, you know, you've got this, this greater than kind of, uh, you know, vision or, or reason why you're doing this. Yes. Or if someone says, Hey, you should do this. Hey, this seems really easy. Maybe you should get trained in that. It's like, Whoa, that's often fear coming in, Mm. right? That's often our anxiety saying like, I'm really scared. I want to do what other people think is best for me. And we have to stay true to what our calling is. I mean, Justine, I heard in the beginning when Mm. I started the grief and trauma healing center, Like no one does grief. No one's going to come to you. Um, Why would you specialize in that area as a psychologist? There's better work for you to do. I heard so much. Like it was so, it was so heartbreaking. Some of the criticism that I received um, in those early years. And although it was very tempting to want to do something different because I felt that pressure I just stuck to what I was called to do. And I just reminded myself that, you know what, that's fine. Other people can do what they want to do. This is what I'm called to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Staying dedicated and like determined, right. Because I think you're right. You're going to get a lot of, you know, advice or suggestions or, you know, feel disheartened, I think by people who maybe don't buy into the same vision you have. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's kind of hilarious now when I think about the grief and trauma healing center, right. 
you know, nobody would come to you, right? Or nobody's going to need that. I'm like, we are overwhelmed. <laughs> right? Like, I definitely think there was a market for this and, and we tapped into it. So, you know, yeah, yeah. But exactly. it's funny how people will do that, right? They, 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 I, you know, intentionally or unintentionally will discourage you. And if you're not clear, you know, you're not going to follow through with it. Right. Exactly. It's like, if someone's listening right now and they just, they feel this spark in their heart and they're like, I know I need to do this, but I'm terrified. And I'm really worried about what people think. I just say, go for it. Yeah. Fly the plane. No, build the plane while you're flying it (laughs) and just do it. Take that next step. Start your website. Yeah. Yeah. If it lights you up Mm. and you feel expanded, Mm. you know that it's right. Yeah. 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 Bringing that intuition. Right. I think that's so funny how yeah, sometimes it's not a logical concrete thing. It's following that intuition and that feeling and that drive that that's within us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to shift to the people who might be listening, who, you know, maybe they're, they're already in their private practice and they want to start a group private practice or like maybe they've started that, but what would be some tips or advice that you would give for them? So if someone's ready to grow mm. a group practice, um, I think it's good. Like if, if they're sensing that like, okay, their schedule is full, right. they no longer have capacity to see all of the clients that are coming in mm. and they can now create a referral sort of system for someone else in their business. Yeah. Then they can start thinking about, okay, if I were to hire someone, what are the values that are really important to my business? What is the mission and vision of our company? So mm-hmm. that I can ensure that when I do start to advertise, mm-hmm. I can attract the right person. I think it is absolutely key mm-hmm. that we find the right people that align with who we are and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And they might offer diverse, uh, a di- diverse skill set, but at the foundation, this is so important they align with what you're doing right. and getting really clear on what your expectations are for that person in terms of their designation, years of experience, training expectations mm. and culture fit, right? Mm. Um, it can be, we can often feel like we're sort of desperate. Like if I need help, I'm just going to hire whoever. And then we come to regret that decision later. Mm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not because of, you know, the skill set, like maybe right. they're a really great therapists, but they're just not quite aligned mm. with the work that you do, or maybe the culture of your, of your business. So right. it's okay to slow down and go slow mm. and then decide how much figure out, I guess, how much capacity can I give to someone? So maybe I can offer one day a week mm. right now to start and they can grow. You can always start small yeah. and have the person grow with you. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. Yeah. 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 But kind of, yeah, goes back to those, like those mission, that vision that, you know, understanding your purpose and how do you find, yeah, someone who aligns, right. Instead of just hiring whoever it's, you know, if you really want to grow this and expand this, you know, find someone who kind of fits into, into that.
thank you so much, Ashley, for your wonderful insights to all of this. You know, I, I think it's such a treat for even for me, but, you know, especially our listeners to listen into someone who is so knowledgeable about private practice and, and is running a successful one and, you know, does even consulting um, on this. Um, but I always end off our podcast on the same kind of question for every guest speaker that comes on. And that is, what is your advice for the therapists of the world? Such a great question, Justine. <laughs> it's like, let me tell you the hundred things that I would like to share. Um, you know, I, I just always, I'm such a heart centered person. I'm such an intuitive person. And I just think, and, and I'm a faith-based person. So one thing that I like to lead my life with is, you know, the desires of your heart mm. are God's desires in you. Mm. So that could be God or universe, um, whatever your belief system is, pursue the desire of your heart. Mm. Whatever you are being called to do in this field, do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be its own quote. Whatever you are called to do, do that thing, fly the plane and, you know, fix the engine as you're running it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like you just have to go after whatever that yes. thing is that's calling you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Ashley. And, uh, thank you to our listeners who are, are coming on for this third episode. Um, I hope you got some, some key insights or, or pieces from Ashley chatting here about, uh, private practice. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at what the am I doing podcast and subscribe to get notified of all of our future episodes.